On this episode of It's Only a Matter of Distillation, I am having a fun time with someone with whom I share great whiskey history. Together, we revisit some of our best memories about whiskey and we explore the reasons why we love it so much. Stay tuned! Hello everyone, today I have the pleasure of welcoming my good friend Luc Valley, who's been my whiskey buddy for about 16 years now. Hi Luc! Hello Marilyn, how are you doing? I'm very, very good, thank you. How about you? I'm doing great, it's a beautiful day. Oh! Let's, uh, ask for more. It is, it is. Right. And um, I've asked you to have this conversation with me because uh, I really want to show to our audience that um, that whiskey is truly for everyone and that it's not that difficult to engage with it. And so uh, I think you're the perfect person to help me do that. Won't you think? I well, uh, it's an honor to uh, to try to uh, bring some people to uh, to the whiskey world, or well, into any alcohol or drink or uh, whatever people like. Actually, it's the same principle. If you like something, you jump into it. If uh, you're interested, it's it just appears like that. And uh, whiskey, it's like that. It just comes to your nose. It comes to your taste and. And you taste it, and you're like, whoa, interesting <laughs> world, interesting world. Yeah, and you said it. You said, it, literally, you jump into it. And I think that's what we ought to do right now. So let's jump into it. Luke, Luke yeah. I want to ask you, um, would you tell us, to begin with, how uh, this love for whiskey happened for you, like, How did you step into that world and just have this revelation that you really, really liked it and you wanted to pursue it? Well, you know, if we take apart, uh, like if we don't talk about those stories where you go in a, in a bar when you're younger and you ask for a little drink of whiskey, and, you know, it's fun, but uh, you're not, you know, you're more in alcohol than tasting. Um, it mostly appear like with, well, you know, interest of traveling uh, to Scotland and, you know, you said like, well, I'd like to know a part of history. But uh, I was working at, uh, for Cirque du Soleil under the highway in Quebec City on the show. And uh, in front, he had a, an alcohol uh, reseller, uh, La Sac, in uh, Quebec City. And um, I really wanted to discover whiskey. I had a chance to taste some with buddies, with friends, uh, with you before that. Uh, and we start, both of us, to really enjoy it. And uh, I met a really good uh, counselor over there. Uh, his name is Bruno Pelletier. And he, I asked him to show me whiskey. He's like, you know, I, I taste some really... Uh, I don't know in English the word, but not smoky, but uh, turf. Uh, that's all. Yeah, uh, peated. 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 There we go. Thank you. So <laughs> I don't like peated whiskey. It's 
too strong for me, but I would like to enjoy it. And I think that big moment for me, if we take all the other previous introduction to it, was that period, that summer, where I tasted, I will say, between 15 and 20 whiskey, uh, maybe more. I bought many bottles, but I was able, with him, that was a good start, to discover whiskey, but not only scotch, like a lot of first-handed people think, like they think about scotch so much because of that region and that country, it's so important. And then I discover bourbon, rye, I discover uh, stuff from Sweden, from Japan, I, I discover way of distill the way the, the, each distillery worked their whiskey. Uh, and yeah, that was my main start was from a good counselor, from an interest of it. And, I, and then from sharing with friends, I had a good friend at Cirque who loved whiskey and I do, I do enjoy alcohol, tasting new thing. I know you're more into beer in that time, but you tasted whiskey already and you're like, yeah, I started liking it too, Luke. And while well, we both jump into it and share we share together that passion and we, we kind of, hey, I have a bottle. Hey, hey. oh yeah, me too. Oh. So. Yeah, and then like, it's all about sharing also. You just said it. Um, it's like, it's something to try to get to know something like a beverage and it's something to uh, want to uh, know more about it. And when you have like that special feeling that tells you, I think I really should explore all around this. Um, and then you have, like, you can build the perfect picture around it and begin to really, really enjoy all the various expressions of it that exist. And you just said it. You talked about many, many countries which produce whiskey. You talked about Japan. You talked about Sweden. Uh, you talked about uh, the United States. Um, yes, there's a lot in Canada also. Um, so, yeah, whiskey's everywhere. Bruno Pelletier truly was, uh, uh, as you tend to be saying it, uh, the one major influence uh, on your love about whiskey, you know. Um, and were there other influences, uh, could you say? Uh, I, I will say so, but just to do a little, uh, talk a little bit more about my relation with Bruno, you know, it's a great thing to have a, a counselor at a, The, that uh, alcohol store where you go, that uh, liquor store where you go, but also it could be a friend or a, a bartender where you always hang out at that little neighborhood pub who, oh, I have a new bottle, you want to taste it, and you just surf on it. It's the same principle with, I would say, like beer. These days, I have so many small breweries around the world popping up everywhere with amazing beer, all different tastes, so you can travel a lot. And whiskey is getting there. Whiskey and other spirits is doing the same thing. So let's talk just about whiskey. But you have so many more, so much more little facilities, little, little distillery. You start to do their own little batch. And it's, that's where it starts to be way more interesting than just the, that main thinking or that mainstream that was like, I'll say, 10, maybe 20 years ago where scotch or, you know, couple rye, couple thing were existing. And that was the, that more modern and snobbish way. And now it's starting to be 
open up to everyone. So uh, with my good legal, like, so my good counselor was a great part to start it. And then, yeah, you, because we, people don't know, but uh, Marilyn and I work in the same field, the same area. And many times I had a chance to start talking about the project with Marilyn or we signed contract and we had a deal was to someone had to bring a bottle of whiskey and we do it one after the others. So when we close the meeting, we would pour a little whiskey and we taste something new. And that was something really incredible because we shared that moment. It was a special thing. Sometimes we had a, had a co-worker who was there like, oh, I would like to taste that. And we start talking about so many different things and just enjoying that whiskey as well. Yeah. So that, I think, was a good, it was a big influence as well, like that sharing moment with friends and traveling. But let's talk about traveling after. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know what? I have so many great memories about all of these contracts that we signed together and the drums that we, uh, we had afterwards. Seriously, uh, very, very um, varied expressions of different whiskeys from... Uh, Well, I remember some of them were, were from Scotland. And then uh, did we have anything from somewhere else? I'm not sure. Well, I remember the, the first, like it was close to my, that summer and I had a couple bourbon. I know we, we brought a bourbon. I think I brought my uh, baby Hudson. Yeah. Bour uh, baby Hudson bourbon uh, over there. And uh, uh, I think we brought, I know you brought your Mortlack. Because yeah. you really enjoy more like your 19 years or yeah. something close to that. Uh, yeah, it was 19. I I, yeah, I thought, I think I brought my Glendonac 21 year parliament that I brought from my travel in Scotland at one point. And uh, that was a special bottle for me because I was looking for, you know, a piece of Scotland that I could not find back in Quebec. Yeah, and I remember actually the, uh, the moment when you brought it uh, was not the signature of a contract but uh, rather uh, a special um, meeting of a friend coming to meet another friend who's been through a lot because my dad had just passed. And uh, I remember feeling um, a lot of comfort of sharing that moment with you <laughs> and with this special bottling that you brought on that occasion. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, wow, I have a little, uh, I have a little shiver just passed through my body. Oh. <laughs> I remember because that, that bottle like the when I was in Scotland I was in Edinburgh Edinburgh yeah Edinburgh uh, you know going around some liquor store and I I enter a small one and I'm like I'm looking for two to buy two bottles of something I could not find back home so I bought uh, an Aknock because I really like Aknock who's a super simple space side And, uh, you know, a little caramel, a little uh, citrus, super good, super simple to drink, not too expensive. So it's a great bottle. I really enjoy it. And it had a special edition from a, a cartoon, a cartoonish from that uh, little village where Aknak is, who, who draw on the, uh, the cardboard uh, box of the bottle. And then uh, it was finished in a different cast instead of bourbon. It was examined. Like and uh, then 
I start looking for the second bottle and I taste couple. And at one point, that old lady. So you have, basically, if your grandma was working there, that was that type of lady, big hearted, big smile, happy to be there, loving her job, loving to, to introduce people to whiskey. And she looked at me, she's like, wait for me. And she just walked back door, came back like two minutes after with a big smile, put the bottle in front of me. It's like, I drink that with my best friend in front of a fireplace in the winter. Oh, wow. I bought, I, I taste it and I think I cry. And then I bought the bottle and, uh, we had the time, uh, we had the chance to, to share it together. And yeah. that's the great thing about, well, spirit in general or moments. It could be any moment, uh, but in that special time, it's whiskey now. Um, it's, it's that sharing type, time of something we discover or just to be together. And that's how you, I think you enjoy it the most. And you yeah. discover way more about it. Uh, you discover, you can share, oh, I, I, I smell this, I smell that, I taste this. And the other one, like, talk about what they do. They, they smell and taste. And sometimes you don't even talk about that. You just enjoy it. Or you're like, oh, no, no, not for me. And it's all good. Yeah, I think a lot has to do about context. But just before going on to that, I just want to come back to what we were saying before, because you mentioned Payside. And I really want to be sure that the people who are listening to us know what we're talking about, because Speyside is actually a region in Scotland, uh, namely a region where uh, there are a lot of distilleries that are implanted. So uh, if you look at a map of Scotland, if you have the map right in front of you and uh, you can place Inverness uh, uh, in, the, in the highlands, well, the Speyside region will be just a little bit further to the east, And uh, we call it Speyside because a river runs through the region that is called River Spey. And so all the distilleries that have to have a very good source of water to be able to operate. Uh, so they went and they just build up the distilleries on the sides of the river. And so uh, they began to call the region the Speyside region. So in Speyside, you can find a lot of distilleries like mm -hmm. Benfiddich, like the Balvini, like Abelauer, like Glendronach, like uh, Glenlivet is there. Uh, Glenlivet Glen is Park, there. That's one of my favorites. Glenfarcas, yeah. I really like. It's one of my favorites. Uh, uh, you can have, I believe you say, Cardew, a lot of... Um, Uh, blenders company are there as well it's it's a really important region for whiskey for scotch uh it's yeah i will say i won't say every town has one but you have a lot a lot yeah, when you yeah, drive yeah. It, I, i i drove through it many years ago on a, a little trip and while uh, every 10 no i will say 25 kilometers you have a distillery yeah sure. yeah At some point, uh, there used to be about only eight or ten distilleries, and now uh, it's way over 16, you know, and uh, many more than that. So it's impressive. 
it's impressive. So uh, coming back now on this idea that context uh, is really something. Um, well, you just shared with us that one of your favorite distilleries in Glenfarclas. So, uh, and I know you were there and I know, mm. I remember that you were able to taste some really, really old and rare stuff. Uh, among them, a family cask. Would you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I taste actually three mm. family casks. Um, so we, I was there uh, on a, a little trip for like or five days or six days in Scotland on And we, we visit uh, Oban, I visit Tomatin, and then uh, we went to Glen Farclas. Glen Farclas was my, I really wanted to go there. Oban as well, they had the little something. It was really different. Oban was still in those wood casts, and even the mash is going in wood. Everything is in a wood uh, barrel or in wood um, drum to do it, like uh, make of oaks, and they wash it. It's It's really... I won't say this. I won't say the snobbish way, but it's that old. We don't want to change the recipe. It's like that from generation and from hundreds of years, and we keep it like this. And it's fine. It's great. Uh, it's incredible, actually, the, the the work put into it and the, the beauty, you know, charm of the building and everything. And then we went to Glen Farclas, who at one point they they had that old wood and things, and they they made a test to see if they could change from wood to stainless and if it will change their taste. And they, they did a full study with a great uh, engineer, scientists, and specialized people, and it changed nothing. So they switched to stainless. Uh, other place, they couldn't do it because it changed too much the, uh, the expression of the whiskey. So uh, I learned that going to Glen Farclas actually because we had a discussion about it. I learned many things about uh, the way Glen Farclas came to be. It was uh, basically like a lot of distillery. They were uh, contraband, so they were illegal at one point in Scotland. And the uh, the owner of uh, the land uh, basically sold his land to Mr. Grant, who had a lot of beef and cattle to feed, so to fit. So they they wander around and they found that building. Oh, what's that building? Oh, whiskey. Oh. And they keep doing whiskey illegally on this little corner of the land. And when it became legal, it grow and grow and grow. And it's a it's a huge distillery can class. They they deliver they they sell the whiskey as we know, but they sell as well to many blenders in Scotland. Uh, and uh, yeah, so fantastic place. So about the family <laughs> cast now. <laughs> uh, family cast basically were five person visiting. Were me and my girlfriend at the time, and uh, a cup. Uh, a couple were their son, an older couple. Who so it was off season almost, and we visit, and we asked for the big uh, tasting at the end. So we had five bottles. And, like, Well, it will be like a 10, a 15. Maybe I will taste a 25. <laughs> I'll be really happy. So we start with the 40. So we start with the 40 years old. And then uh, we have the 105. Uh, so a little story about the 105 was super incredible. Is that the Mr. Grant, the uh, grand, 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 grandson of the founder, uh, 
bottle for Christmas, one barrel for uh, super clients and uh, suppliers or close people okay. to the distillery. And it was just barrel number 105. So he just wrote on the, on the bottle, 105, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and everyone were like, man, that, he didn't do nothing with it. He was just open the barrel, pour in the bottle, close the bottle, send it. So it was a, a yeah, castring whiskey, and, uh, and uh, only from this particular barrel. So it was a single cask, also. Yes, exactly. It was just that barrel at the time, and they basically they found an expression, and people were like, "That's incredible! Wow!" And it's incredible. It's it's yeah. strong. It's sixty percent, uh, but it has a lot of body, a lot of uh, a kick. Uh, you know, you get a good travel in your mouth and your nose when you taste that. It's a super good expression. And then the, she was, okay, so uh, the third tasting was like, so what you like to taste, guys? I have uh, here uh, a 68 uh, from a family cast. We're like 68. <laughs> wow. uh, and we start talking about it and thing. And so everyone will taste a 68. But we, what you like to taste after? But we're allowed to taste something else. Yeah, but, well, you're a nice group, and so everyone said they're oh. basically their birthday year. Uh, so I was looking for uh, 77. I was born in 77. Uh, I don't remember too much the other one where they asked, and the older man did the the Korean War, so Korean War in the 51, 53 area, and so they pour uh, they pull out uh, a 58. Whoa. I remember. Family cast 1958. So we t- I taste a 78, uh, 68, and a 58. And I totally cry when we tasted the 60 and the 58. It was just something incredible uh, of full body. Uh, it's just, a, I won't say a syrup, but you know, that yeah. magic in your mouth. It must have been amazing. Like these Greeting. barrels have behind them a story that's so long. And it's like you would never really think that, like, uh, basically, you're tasting a 40 year old and over that whiskey. You know, um, it's kind of crazy when you stop and think about it. Well, the the family cast, the thing, like you have the forty, will be uh, forty will be at least forty years old, plus some older bottles that we know that when they do with the uh, the the forty at the glass fire class, like any other distillery. But the family cast is basically a barrel that was made, like the whiskey was made in that year, but it could be thirty years old when they bottle it. It could be forty two. It could be twenty five. It, they basically the master distiller decide when they yeah, bottle yeah, that of year. Course. And so it's you have a range of and you know it when you buy it when they, they were poured in, which year. So let's say the seventy eight might have been poured in ninety nine in the bottle and they still have them because it doesn't get older yeah. in the bottle, doesn't change. So you know that part, but it's still something incredible to taste so much history of whiskey uh, on that uh, trip. Normally, it's it's hard. Like you have to be way more. We're really lucky. I cannot 
expressed <laughs> my gratitude enough. But uh, and it was there. I know Claire Farkas is one of the late, the last almost family still owned yeah. uh, distillery. Uh, it's a super nice story. It's all men till now. I think it's a woman or the next person who will charge will be a woman because the the owner just had girls as uh, okay. just okay. had daughters basically. So normally it's, it's been son, 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 and no, it will be daughter. So it's a great story. And uh, yeah, you learn so much visiting a distillery. I know you visit yeah. a lot of distillery, Magdalene. You did, you went to Japan, you visit some, you learn so much about a region or even stories like, you know, Gunfarklas, I said, was illegal at the time. Like many, I learned that Cardu was, uh, a lady was the owner. She has, uh, she had, um, a place where clothes yeah. clothes were washed. So uh, a, a French is blanchisserie. I don't remember in English what it's called, but so she just cleaned drapes and cleaned bedding yeah. and things like that. Well, but behind the store was her distillery. So the smoke coming off of the building was basically uh-huh, what people okay. wash. So they thought of that, but they had the distillery okay. hiding behind. And, uh, oh, that's a funny story. That's a funny story. So, like, uh, she had this this kind of facade where she was just uh, washing and hot steaming clothes. Like, uh, she basically was a laundry. And then uh, on the other side, or in the back, 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 <laughs> she was making whiskey. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So many things like that. I know you went... When we talk about it in the for the French but the French podcast, you you, I didn't know that, but I didn't know La Frog was still legal during our prohibition in Canada because it was considered uh, a, a, a throat yeah, syrup. Yeah, it was considered medicine. Syrup. Basically, uh, La Frog was labeled as medicine, so was still able to enter the U.S. and Canada during prohibition for that reason yeah yeah when you stop and think it's about crazy. it it's like it's whoa, crazy, okay it's smart it's really smart yeah. to laugh like actually it's uh, it was really smart I, like a little last story i know uh, so we talked about Mary and i we did a contract together in uh, calgary in western canada at one point and i i found a bottle that i bought on my same trip to Scotland, it's called Ship Dip. And I bought two bottles. And basically, Ship Dip, it's um, uh, vermifies. Uh, it's, a, it's a liquid that they dip the sheep in it so they don't have all those bugs and all those, uh, those uh, bacteria on, on them. It's basically a, a cleaning yeah, yeah. A chemical. Okay. And... Uh, during prohibition in Scotland, they hided whiskey in shifted <laughs> barrel. So instead of so you have the the tax the tax person the 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 collector come around looking for whiskey illegal stuff and they saw a barrel like shipped it like well that's the chemical don't touch that it's, it's disgusting like, and the guys just walk that, by it's and dangerous. that's it. So they they kind of it's dangerous. It's whiskey, but I cannot <laughs> tell you that toxic. one. So basically, they, they, they exactly. So they, they uh, yeah, they, they hide. They, they work pretty smart. They, they were creative to try to keep their, uh, their whiskey somewhere. So it's, uh, yeah, super interesting. You learn a lot of things traveling, and that's, that's the other thing. 
you you start by discovering it's like you know beer now people travel around a little microbrewery in their town or around whiskey is the same thing you can visit distillery and as soon as you like a product or a type of spirit or alcohol or in this type, in this case whiskey you travel uh, you share with people you try to find a good uh, liquor counselor at your your local liquor store and a world yeah, absolutely. Up. a world of possibilities taste moment uh, and learning it could be like learning how to talk about it but just learning about history everyone of what they like in in tasting it's different for everyone and that's the important thing it's different for everyone and you have to embrace that some people will, will love to to know exactly how to describe it other people will just want to know how it's made other people would like to know how the building was built because it's a crazy building. Like La Frog by the sea where yeah. the sea is eating. Yeah. Yeah. How they build that. With all that, the Northern Sea eating the, you know, the Northern Sea, the uh, Irish Sea, Northern Sea, yeah. Irish Sea, yeah. kind of between Scotland and Ireland, hitting the, uh, the wall nonstop. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, I think the uh, the most important thing uh, into that is just finding what makes you happy within the whiskey world, you know, uh, really. And um, I remember uh, I had never, ever uh, tasted whiskey. Uh, it was 20 years ago. I was visiting my partner at that time in Ottawa. And he was working and I was alone at his apartment and I was thinking, well, I'm alone, but uh, like uh, I could still have my happy hour. Like I deserve it. I had I had a, a good day and uh, I got some work done. And so uh, I could very well just pour myself a glass of something. But uh, I approached the bar and um, I just took uh, the bottle that I was used to drinking, which was uh, French Armagnac, but the bottle was empty. And so I just looked around it and I picked up the bottle right next to it. And it was a bottle of whiskey. It was a Glenfiddich Solera Reserve, 15 years old. I opened it. Yeah, yeah. Good product. It's a little like, yeah. good expression. And so I opened it. I just had a smell and I was like, whoa, okay, this is a whole new world. I don't know nothing about that, but I'm sure interested about it. So I just poured myself a dram. I walked out on the balcony and there was this very large ray of sunshine. Like, whoa, crazy, okay? I really want to be sitting in that sunshine and sipping my whiskey. And just to see... Um, what effect it's going to have on myself. So I went outside, I had my glass, I was sitting in the sunshine and this was the revelation. As from that particular moment, I never ever stopped wanting to know more and to taste more whiskeys. That's where it started for me. And you know, it was a very, very simple moment. <laughs> but this is apparently all I needed just to go and engage with this whole beautiful world. Yeah, it's, uh, it's some, like, like me, I don't remember that 
precise moment. I think it's just accumulation of small yeah. moment and interest. But it's great. It's it's great. Like you remember that image, and you're talking about it. And I took my little glass and I smelled my little whiskey, but it smelled good too. I'm I cannot wait to drink. Well, we should. But sip. just before, there's something I want to go back to. Uh, because you talked a lot about uh, whiskey and traveling. And now, you know, you don't have to travel very, very far to get to visit distilleries and to have a sense of how these kinds of products are made. And now more and more distilleries are opening around Quebec. And it's very easy to just call and ask for an appointment and go and visit the places. Uh, okay, the very vast majority of them uh, right now do gin and vodka. Um, not that many do whiskey because, well, to make whiskey, it takes a minimum of three years of aging. So uh, basically, you have to earn revenue to uh, for your um, company to be able to live, you know, and to support the three years that your casks have to be aging for your whiskey. Uh, but these people, like, there are at least 10 of them who are uh, building up to do whiskey right now. Uh, there are only two companies right now in Quebec that have whiskey on the market. Uh, that is whiskey made in Quebec. You have Maison Civo in Franklin, Montérégie, and you have Circa Distilleries in Montreal. And then two years from now, you're going to have at least, I think, 12 different whiskeys made in Quebec to choose from. So mm. uh, you don't have to be traveling very, very far. And even if your local distillery only makes gin or vodka right now, uh, chances are they're using the same equipment that anybody would be using to make whiskey. So the process that they would uh, teach you would be the same, you know? And now I think uh, back to uh, the whiskey that's in front of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, because we're uh, apart, because of uh, the, the health situation around the world, we, we uh, decided to drink uh, a whiskey. So people who listen to the French version, I don't have the same glass <laughs> and I don't have the same whiskey. So I decided... And that's the thing, like I, I'm drinking now in my little uh, glass I brought from Murano. It looked more like a espresso shot glass. And for me, I would say mostly 95% of the time, glass don't matter. It's just pick your favorite glass. Like you yeah. say, what you love about it, uh, you know, about whiskey, what, how to take that concept of whiskey or that, I would say, the the, the what you have in your mind of before and scrape and just forget about it. It's find your favorite glass. For sure you have some glass will bring more expression or special thing. But me, I like to drink in my a little glass for the moment, uh, my little special glass. Um, last uh, in the French show, I talk about that, that glass I brought from a, a naval uh, antiquaire from uh, Sweden, from Stockholm in Sweden. And it's just a little snap glass with a little uh, rope work uh, made from a sailor that the man knows. So, and it became one of my favorite glass because it's, it's pretty, it's simple, and it's 
have yeah. a history on in it. So, uh, yes, and in it, I have a product that I believe ah. we drink together before. Uh, it's not the same as the French show, so it's not the Civo uh, uh, single uh, single cap, single malt uh, expression of uh, Civo. But okay. it's uh, something else. Um, is it? Uh, I'm drinking something too and I'm drinking something that's totally different also Uh, and I can assure you that it is something that we have shared together before Um, but now uh, I was uh, wanting to begin to ask you questions about yours like is it Scottish? It's not Scottish Scottish. Oh okay Is it from the United States? Oh. No, it's not a bourbon. I uh, I don't have any bourbon left in oh, my uh, in my bar nice actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's just the 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 lineup are too long and okay. just didn't happen okay, there. Okay, okay. It's, uh, it's okay. So it's okay. I one time, one time we'll come, it will come back. It's uh, okay. you know that slow. Sometimes you have more. Uh, sometimes you have less. I've got an idea, but uh, you tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Uh, is it Japanese? Well, to honor you, <laughs> of course it is. I know you're a real love for Japan, so I, so I pour it's my little Japanese uh, from whiskey. the barrel, which is a cask strength whiskey at fifty percent of alcohol by volume. Is it right? Ah, exactly. It's the Nika whiskey from the barrel at fifty-one point four. Uh, that's okay, what the, the label. Wow. And this is this really is a beautiful yeah. expression of what the, the Nika Whiskey Company is capable of doing, really. Uh, I've had a chance to uh, taste a few of them, and uh, the Nika from the barrel is truly a favorite. And from what I've been reading, it seems to be like a, a, a favorite one amongst like the whole world, I think. So, yeah, wow. That's how again I came into it. It's basically uh, I was in France for a contract, and I walk in the whiskey, a liquor store, and I talked to the lady. I was looking for something as wine, and I bought a bottle of wine. I was like, oh, we have a nice whiskey. Well, well, we have one of the the best whiskey selection in town. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. start talking, 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 and I saw those beautiful. They they look like the Nico. From the barrel looked like a yeah. small perfume bottle. It's a small rectangular bottle. It's super, I would say, it's super sexy. I'm like, oh, oh, nice expression. And they had the the coffee grain. They had the white. They had the the, the gold. They had different color, different uh, yeah. uh, different expression of whiskey in various bottles or clothes of shape. And I'm like, oh, from the barrel. And she just said, that's my uh, the ah. rep uh, favorite. Oh, I guess it's uh, the guy, the person drink tastes a lot. So, okay. And I just took that one without knowing more about it. I knew Nika. I, I really enjoyed Nika. I bought one a couple of years back to a fr- for a friend who, uh, who was going to be a father. So it was a celebration of uh, oh, the birth of his nice kid. Oh, that's a very nice present. Of his kid. So, so we bought a, yeah, we bought a good Nika and we, we share it with all our friends that night. And it was super nice. So, uh, and I bought that uh, whiskey from the, that Nika again. And I know, like, I, 
I've been reading about it before and just to make sure. And bizarrely, Nika whiskey from the barrel, it's a blend. It's a blend from single malt from their, their two distilleries, from Miyagiko yeah. and from Yoshi. Yeah. Blend together. It's a marriage, it's a, yeah. an assemblage uh, yeah. from different cast and things, but it's all from Nika. It's all uh, barrel strength. At, uh, it's 50% is rare yeah. for barrel strength, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. you made it. <laughs> I'm really impressed. Great, great. So I. About you now. Let's, let's, it's my time, I guess, to. I'm to nosing discover. it right now. Uh, there's something that's very spicy about this one. Like, um, I have cloves, I have nutmeg. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and at the same time, I've got something about, like, that reminds me of wine. But still, there's a little bit oh. of peat into it also. And, uh, um, It's very, like, I don't know. It's fragrant on the nose. And um, I'd really like just to jump into it and have a taste. <laughs> and, you know, it's um, the color is uh, dark, really deep amber. It's really dark, yeah. It, does mm -hmm. it ring you a bell? or? So, oh, well, let's go for question. Is it uh, for? Is like? It's is it Scottish? Scottish? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's Scottish. Do the casks come from? Like, it's it's not a normal cask expression. Like, it's not like bourbon cask. It's well, uh, it it spent like, uh, it spent eleven or... years in bourbon casks before being put in another type of cask. Yeah. Hmm. Like I, I'm a between. Is it like a, a rum cask, a dark rum cask, mm. or something like that, or is it more like a zeminized, zera zeminized cask, a little? Uh, yeah, no, it's not a sherry cask. cask, and it's not a um, a rum cask either. Oh, I didn't uh, think it would be that difficult. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, it's like that, you know. It's it's happened. I'm not as good as you on uh, on charade <laughs> like this, but uh, okay. Oh, so something with the, it's beaded, it's yeah. dark, um, Scottish. Um, oh, tell me a bit more about it. Tell me a little okay. bit more. Just another uh, hint. Let's see another hint. Well, it comes from a part of Scotland that I think you really like, like you really enjoy. Uh, And it's not on the mainland, but it's not a an island either. It's more like a um, peninsula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind, uh -huh. kind of Campbelltown area <laughs> or you something said like it. that. You oh. said it. So you're in Campbelltown and the choice are uh, uh -huh. narrow, if I recall. They don't have a lot of uh, distillery over there. Um, I just have to remember the ah. name exactly. <laughs> I've been uh, off whiskey for a couple of days, a couple, uh, I, will say, I won't say a couple of years, but I've been a little off the map. So it's Springbank. Uh, well, it's from Springbank, but it doesn't Is bear it? the name Springbank. 
It's another name. Uh, I, I remember yeah, we three yeah, got yeah. together. And, um, gosh. Okay. Yeah. So is this a long yes. roll? Um, it tastes like, no, it's not the one that tastes like of bacon. Of course it bit. is. <laughs> ah, so it's the long super. roll red. Uh, and it's finished in fresh Pinot Noir casts from New Zealand. It's great. It was. Uh, I remember that whiskey indeed. It was super interesting, super fun. It's uh, especially the that little uh, that little kick, that yeah. little kick at you the end, it. where uh, yeah, that little kick of uh, bacon in it and that. Pizzas, it's yeah, they do a nice product. It's it's great. It's, it's very super very fun. Nice. And you don't know it's it's not a really popular name, like we don't see it a lot. So when you can have your hand on it, it's it's a good uh Yes. Good and uh, we don't have wow. like the I, SAQ in Quebec doesn't carry all the long row range, but they have some and um I find they have the one that's only the long row peated. Uh, it's an expression that's much simpler than the, the long row red, which is a limited edition. And we they do like um, a new edition of long row red in other wine casks uh, once every year, you know. But long row does a basic whiskey uh, that's peated and it's only called long row peated whiskey from Campbellton. And it's magnificent, truly Truly, and it's not that expensive. You know, I think uh, it's around maybe $85, if I recall correctly. So uh, it's a very, very good expression to uh, have a taste for people who want to uh, try something that's not mainstream and that's not going to ruin them financially, you know. Campbelltown, it's a nice little, not too many. It's a, that little... I won't take secret from Scotland, but uh, uh, yes, yeah, they, I they can't have, wait uh, to go back. Actually, the nice but area. when we can travel again, wow. right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, hopefully, a only months. a few months. <laughs> hopefully, so like we've hopefully. talked about, yeah, we've talked hopefully. about like uh, the importance well, uh, of context. Uh, whether it's with friends, with uh, someone who you know who really uh, already like whiskey and who is willing to let you try it, who wants to share it with you. Uh, we've talked about um, that really, really enthusiastic salesperson in your local uh, liquor store who is going to advise you with also, I think, a lot of great expressions to taste. Um And we talked about like uh, taking a chance on something that you don't know because you could very well be surprised by that. Well, that's most important. I would say it's one of the most important things. If you're going to have a discussion with someone and try to see if you're going to like it or not, it's a good thing. Like, oh, I don't like like me. I don't like peated. Or I start liking peated, but I don't like that. Ardberg or that even Lafrog type. I sometimes Lafrog works, something not like uh, in the same time, same thing. Sometimes it goes well, other time it's like oh no, way too strong for me. But that that is me. I know people who who's just 
just want to drink that. And talking about it to uh, my local my local counselor at my liquor store or with friends, you you're able to bring your 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 body, your your mouth, your nose, your uh, gustative, t- your tasting, and the experience slowly to it to what you yeah. don't like, but you like you like to like, and it's a step. So it's a, it's like I know in beer I don't like I'm not a big fan of those big double IPA or those West Coast IPA. Or I found they too strong for me and I, they clog my nose. But I like the East Coast. And but sometimes I found some West Coast IPA. I always try one if I traveling or if I someone offering is offering it to me. Yeah, so yeah. You, you just you have just to try it. You just try a little less. It's whiskey. Don't need to pour it full time. You can you can ask for a. Just a sip, and you're like, "Oh, I like it." Pour more, ah. or no, no, I will take your other one that I liked last time. And you just, you just have that moment with your friend. You share it, uh, and as you said, like so earlier, so many things around the world is open up. Uh, you know, you said that most yeah. of them make like new one make gins and vodka because it's quicker. And they need money to make whiskey. I remember Brooklyn Dirk. Uh, uh, many years ago, Bruno was like, "Oh, I have something. It's great. It's little pieces. It's, it's smoky. Yeah. You love it. It's called it was the Brooklyn Dirk Wave. Fifty dollars, super cheap for what it was. Super interesting. Uh, really a full, I would say, a full mouth uh, smell like." Like he said, a small city, some, a little smoky, and you have that little super nice expression where you travel and you you build up your taste and your nose with that bottle. But those guys, when they bought it back, because yeah. it was an older distillery that the younger people bought it, well, they, they need to make money. So they made gin like crazy. They had a good gin and they sell gin. They sold gin. And that made, they, they were able to have money to build really interesting whiskey products. So, uh, yeah, go around, try, ask, discover. Uh, you go to a small town, like I, I, I travel, I went to Washington, I, Washington, D.C., I enter a liquor store, and they had three places around Washington, D.C. who made whiskey. Uh, so I tried them, I bought one, yeah. or I bought a gin, I think. Yeah, I bought a gin that time, but I tried the whiskey as well. You know, I didn't, I was more into gin that period. So, you know, you're... Yeah, of course. And, you know, you know you're, you're whether it's gin or vodka or whiskey or tequila, mezcal, uh, cognac, just rum, name it. But um, it's nice to take a chance on something. And it's nice to be curious and to go and satisfy that curiosity uh, that animates yourself, you know? And then uh, you may like it, you may dislike it, but it will help you to uh, become more aware of what you like and what you dislike so that the next time you're going to make maybe a better choice of something that will uh, suit you a little bit more, you know? And, um, you know, the more you know about what you like... Uh, the more people will be able to um, 
to advise you with uh, uh, options that are are going to be successful for you. You know, if you go to your uh, salesperson in your local uh, liquor store and you say to them, uh, well, I've tasted a few things and, you know, I'm beginning to... Um, to see that I tend to like a little bit more what's fruity. Um, I don't really like what's uh, earthy or smoky. I like a little bit more what's on the caramel side, but I don't really like uh, these like coconut notes that I find into some whiskeys. So, uh, and then the person who is trying to advise you uh, will have a little bit more knowledge on how um, choosing something that's going to please you, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, it's just the, mm-hmm. like, know what you like, but know more of what course. you don't of like course. and where you want to go. Uh, and and sometimes it's, it's great. Uh, sometimes it's a great time. Like it's a, a super discovery like the waste. Sometimes you're like, yeah. oh, well, 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 it's fun, but but you try it. At least you try it. So it's uh, it's a good way to start. Uh, it's uh, try as well. Don't stick to just one type of whiskey. Like I, I know, you know, we go fifth. Like we talked about when we started about 20 years ago, 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah of well, course. Scotch was the mainstream. I would say it's uh, in where everyone started, but you got rye in Canada. Well, you got rye, you got bourbon uh, from, you know, from the States, but from Canada, you got some whiskey from, you know, Irish whiskey. Yeah, you have many, really many different, different styles. Scottish whiskey. Uh, you got whiskey in India, Singapore, Japan, Australia. I got one in Australia. I got one from Sweden. You know, Sweden, uh, McMira, they taste, they, it's a super nice product. They try things as well. Like, uh, I remember a story they talk about that. That's something I found crazy with whiskey. It's all the age of whiskey now. You know, uh, more, like we know Lafrog is by the sea. They have that big uh, warehouse yeah. right on the coast of the, 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 the open sea. And they have a lot of salt and uh, all the wave kicking and the wind. So it, Brought and bring an expression to Life Rock, and it's really unique. McMira, they, they are in Scott, they, they, they are inland, if I recall, or close by. Uh, so, and they try to uh, age their whiskey differently, like uh, in Alcid, in mountain, or in a cave by the water. Uh, so, it gives expression, it gives different things. So, they try things. And I, I yeah. bought a rum in uh, uh, Nouveau Scotia where they age it on a boat. So they basically pour it in the barrel, sit it in the, uh, a rocking boat. It's a boat made to rock. You, they want the whiskey to be rocking inside the barrel for 12 months. Yeah. So they go through all the four seasons. They go through the warm, they go through minus 30 winters, and they go through the hot summer, and the whiskey just moving, uh, the whiskey, I mean, uh, the rum, just rock. Yeah, of and course. And it gives an expression to it. It gives something unique. And that's something fun these days. 
so many young companies or older companies try things with different assemblage or different cast. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just and I think uh, one of the things that we ought to say a word about also is the way that you drink the whiskey, you know, because I hear a lot of people coming up to me and ask like, If I tell you that I like my whiskey with an ice into the glass, like, will you, will you tell me that I'm not drinking it the proper way? And I will, I would be like, yeah, but there's not really a proper way. Well, yes, there is actually the proper way is the way that you like it. You know, it's the way that you like to drink it. If you want to uh, drink it with ice, you drink it with ice. If you want to drink it straight, you drink it straight, neat with nothing in it. If you like it with a little bit of water, just add a little bit of water. But, you know, I think the whiskey is something about uh, pleasure. And so if you're to approach your dram of whiskey in your glass in a way that you're not really going to enjoy, Uh, you shouldn't drink it at all, you know? So, yes, it's a thing of fun. Well, you know, when you talk about ice, uh, for sure, if you put like yeah. four pieces of ice in it and they melt at the of end, you, you'll drink water. So just be smart about it. It's, you won't put water in beer, but for sure, some people prefer it a little colder. Some people, like the ice will, will melt a little, like you just melt a little bit and the water will open up some essence and will open up the whiskey a little bit. And I know some people really like to put their two, yeah. three dip, uh, little drop of water into it so it opens. But time does that too. I know Bruno, like we're talking about uh, my, my local counselor, Bruno, I, he used to tell me, like, well, me sometime when I, I pour myself a glass at home, I let it sit on, the, on, my, uh, you know, on the table or somewhere. And I forget about it. At one point, I'm walking in the house, and I, ah. I got that little fume coming to my nose. I'm like, oh, he's ready. The whiskey's ready. And he wants to drink it. And sometimes, you see, it takes like 15, 20 minutes. It just sits and open up. It's like uh, yeah. wine. When you, you have a good bottle of wine, you open it, you let it air up for, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, and it just, just gets its full body, and you just bring to life everything. So I would say it's the same principle with a little ice, a little water, uh, yeah. let it straight. Of course. Some people like to mix it. it it's fair. It's good. And uh, I will say the other important part, it's the, it's, it's the situation. Like sometimes it's, like you say, a nice sunset. Uh, you had a hard day. You just want to relax online. Uh, other times it's in front of fireplace. Other times it's after a good meal with friends. Like I, I know... Uh, You offer me yeah. two little uh, assemblage, uh, two little bottles from Sivo, like a, a taster. Uh, we talk about the, uh, the, the, the whiskey, the three-year-old whiskey that Sivo does. But also yeah. you offer me the rye in a, a Porto, uh, Porto finish. And I drank it with friends after we did a, a, a good food uh, outside by the fireplace. We, we drank that a couple of weeks ago. So... Uh, <laughs> At two meters, because yeah. we have to be at two meters because of uh, the situation in the world. But uh, so we, we drink it together. And with this, that moment, that's, I will say, the most important yeah. part of whiskey and other spirits is a good, good bottle with good friends. 
in a, a glass you like, in a moment yeah. you like with the music, or and you just take your time. It's not a shooter. You just take your time, and you love it. You love it. You're like, oh, that's not for me. No, no, nah. yeah. Because also, not, not uh, from time to time, It's you okay. like different things. It's okay. It's On some days, I like to have a little bit more of uh, something more yeah. delicate or something more herbaceous or something uh, that has a little bit more sunshine into it. Let's say something a little bit nutty and a little bit fruity. And on other days, I really want my peat and want this kind of earthy feeling. And it just depends on how you're feeling. And like, you just have to... To make the right choice according to how you're feeling, I think, and have like have faith on, uh, have faith in yourself, like trust what your um, what your personality is telling you. You know, yeah. Got. Yeah. 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 Take a chance. Take a chance if you don't know the bottle. Sometimes it's hard because you're. Yeah. It's like wine night. Oh, that's a nice image. They have a good marketing. Well, sometimes it's bad bottle. Sometimes it's fun bottle. It's good. Uh, ask questions. Uh, sometimes, like so many times, you're at a, a local store and you look at the whiskey bottle and you have someone beside you who's looking at whiskey bottle. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. You can have so many discussions about it. Sometimes you're in stay between a bottle and you have a guy, like I remember it was for a gym, but around Christmas, I was looking for a gift and... I was looking and thinking. I was talking to my girlfriend on the phone, and the guy just picked up a bottle and gave it to me in my hand. He's like, it's <laughs> incredible. And he left. Like, wow. oh, well, I got that bottle from the guy. It's crazy. It's incredible. Buy, buy it. And it was so sometimes it's just, you know, trust who's around and ask questions. And some people won't know. Some you try something and, and it can just horizon, open up your head, you know? your, your, your mind okay, to something new. I have, a, I have a little game I want us to play yeah. uh, before we finish this conversation. And uh, you brought it on last time. So uh, if you were to advise people on three products that you would um, highly recommend for them to start their whiskey journey with... What would they be? Well, for sure, if you can put your hand on MacMira from Sweden, uh, I found they made uh, incredible product. It's, uh, I would say, accessible for your for tasting. Like for, it's not too peaty, it's not smoky. It's a good, I won't say mainstream, but it's a really nice expression of what whiskey should be. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I will say a standard way, in a way, like in the, I will say in the neutral, uh, not too peated, no, not too smoky, but not too much alcoholish. And that's something I know we talk about in French, but, uh, and you, you ask me what you say to start, try not to take that 10 years old bottle. I, I know, like, I don't want to, uh, to give crap to any <laughs> distillery, but sometimes, Yeah, some product who taste just alcohol. They taste too much alcohol, and you miss the point. It's like starting your first time with an art bag. Yeah, it, it's you so peated, you might just be like disgusted. And that's a good way never to drink whiskey again. Go for yeah. something that's in your type of palate, 
Um, I mean, like, if you really like strong stuff, you might just dig it to totally the artwork. But, and try to have something like it's a, a nice product uh, who, who have a good maturity, like at 12 or 15 years old, without ruining yourself. It could be in a bar as well. Like, they have really good, like, Balvinis everywhere or Galwini. And if they're not too expensive, it's a good way to start. And it will just open up way more possibilities than, oh, it tastes like alcohol or, yeah. oh, my God, that's way too strong type of whiskey. So, yeah. uh, so for me, so my first suggestion, McMira from Sweden, uh, it's super nice out. They, they make good stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm going to steal the Japanese one now. Um, so uh, we talk about Nika. Uh, they have really various expression and here we go. So Yamazaki, uh, I remember to taste it at the 12 years. Uh, some people, the rumor said they might not do a lot anymore for a bit because of the nuclear disaster in Japan. They are close by. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, Yamazaki have that really nice expression, uh, totally in the Japanese, I will say the Japanese style. It's, it's something thoughtful. Uh, full flavor, well-balanced, good nose. Uh, you know, they learn from, they learn from the old Scottish master distiller and they took that to their country yeah, with their tradition. Uh, and they Masataka made Taketsuru, with, who's the founder of Nika, uh, who worked alongs alongside Shinjiro Tori, who built the Yamazaki distillery. Yeah. Here we go for part of the story. That's fun to learn, guys. So much history and sharing. Like the two guys, two house who help each other at one point, who work together at one point. It's something incredible and it's totally yeah. in the you Japanese. Know, it's upon the Japanese completion of his contract so, with the Yamazaki distillery that uh, uh, Masataka Taketsuru uh, went on the search for, for uh, what would become the land to build his first uh, distillery for Nikka, which was Yoichi on the Hokkaido Island. Yeah, so another part of history. <laughs> So many great, uh, great, yeah. uh, great bottle, great bottle from uh, Japan, and uh, last one I will say. Mm -hmm. um, mm, well, I talked about it earlier. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Glen Farclas uh, and Glen Dranach. Glen Dranach was a little bit more expensive, but Glen Farclas, the 15 years old, uh, the 15. Especially uh, the 12 is good, but a little uh, still young. Uh, the 18 is super good, but I don't see a big difference with the 15. So the Glenfar class, 15 years old, uh, caramel, a uh, little bit more on citrus, orange type of taste. Uh, a really nice space size expression. Uh, well balanced, again. Um, stay in your mouth for a bit, and it's uh, refreshing, I would say. So Glen uh, Class, I really like that distillery. They're they're super nice people, and it tastes really great. Great, great. So that will Thank be my uh, my fourth, my um, three. I mean, 
So I would it wouldn't be fair if uh, I would wasn't going to play. So I'll play also. I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> well, where you're going uh, to go I after think I, I have stole Japan from you. <laughs> I think I have some kind of a thread. So I'm gonna get on a roll and say I would really highly recommend the Pike Creek, ten years old, which is finished in barrels of rum. Pike Creek is a product from the Hiram Walker Distillery here in Canada. Um, and it's very, very, very good. And it's not expensive at all. And uh, you have yourself like a great, great, great quality whiskey. Um, of course, you have rye uh, in, the, in the cereal blend uh, of the, this whiskey. And so it's a little bit spicy. And then you have all the mellow from the uh, the molasses of the rum, you know. So uh, uh, the um, the influence of the rum cask uh, plays a big role into this uh, Pike Creek ten years old whiskey. And then uh, I'm gonna continue on the rum theme. And I would say the uh, Teeling Small Batch Irish <laughs> Whiskey, uh, which is so mellow and so like, it's like drinking silk, honestly. Uh, it's just beautiful. And it's only about like 55-ish dollars in the SAQ in Quebec. So it's like, Um, you should not overlook it. Uh, you should just take it if you see it because Teeling has been working on amazing products. And well, uh, they also, while they're a very contemporary distillery, they also work in a traditional sort of way. And so their products are, as most um, wi uh, Irish whiskeys are, uh, triple distilled. So uh, they still have this really, really soft character to them. And then I would finish with the Balvini Caribbean cask, which is another whiskey that's um, that has a, a, a rum cask finish. Uh, the Balvenie, which is in the Speyside region in Scotland. Uh, the Balvenie, which is a sister distillery to Glenfiddich, actually. And their expression is... Uh, You have the uh, you have the the style of the Scottish whiskey uh, with the fruity taste like uh, fruit of the orchards with a little bit of nuts and then a little bit of uh, toasted caramel that comes on the palate and this is the fruit of the uh, the maturation well not the maturation but actually the the finishing in the rum cask. And so it's another very, very good expression. It's easy to approach. It's very nice, uh, both on the nose and on the palate. It's a little bit more expensive than the two previous that I've talked about. But uh, there you go. You have a uh, rum cask range uh, that's quite interesting, I think. <laughs> mm. I, I'm while you're talking, I was listening and like oh, McMira, McMira, and I went on the website. I didn't know McMira is doing the uh, basically the rock and roll kind of bottle. They're doing the they're doing Scorpion, Motorhead. They have uh, special expression for ah. uh, 
well. Uh, yeah, they, they do. That's very stuff. creative. Like it's, uh, well, it's a good marketing thing too, but uh, I was going to, I would try to, to see which bottle they have in Quebec in Quebec, but I, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, we've had the, but, uh, the double so 07 at one it's point, fun. and we had like the, so the very, very basic uh, first edition McMyra that they did, I think. Um, it, it's been quite some time since I've seen a, a bottle on the shelf, I'd say about maybe a year and a half. So I'm not sure, uh, but... Uh, I'm sure we're going to have some more. Uh, it may be just a little uh, question of time, you know. The, uh, the, this one uh, is very interesting and uh, it's not in... that expensive also. So... And I would encourage people to to try it. Uh, I had it on display at our last uh, big festival of the uh, Rendezvous Scotch and Whiskey de Québec, uh, which happened in November 2018. And so uh, we're preparing to do a new edition of the festival in November that's coming up. But, well, with the pandemic situation, uh, we're not sure we're going to be able to hold the, um, the festival in November. But uh, we're working on it. Maybe we're going to just have to postpone it to like maybe January or February, wow. something like that. But still, uh, the festival is going to happen. Well, do they don't they don't say uh, what's the saying again? Uh, uh, yeah, one drink of whiskey a day keep the doctor away. <laughs> oh, that's for Guinness. Sorry, the <laughs> oh no. Well, <laughs> you know, um, I see more and more. Uh, like there's this picture of an old woman that I see going around uh, everywhere on the internet that uh, she's always saying, like, I'm 103 and I drink my whiskey every day. And I think that's my secret for for living as long as I have. And I intend to continue doing it, you know. So that's funny. And it just bring, like, brings like a, a little bit of humor to it and um, and still shows that whiskey is for everybody, right? It's like yoga or anything that makes you relax. If you're drinking of to uh, drink it to, to relax a little bit, it's good for you. I mean, that's tonight with you are we had that conversation for uh, your audience, and uh, I drink a little a little glass of uh, of a good whiskey with a good friend. I feel uh, I feel I feel right I find peace. You, I find peace right now. I'm peaceful. Yeah. So I uh, look. I want like to thank you so very life. much to uh, <laughs> be as available as you were to talk freely about yeah. all of this whiskey business with me. It's like well, I hope. We've given the audience uh, some of the keys to engage with whiskey and that if they do it and if they take a chance and if they're just curious, uh, they might very well find themselves uh, going into it for a very long time as we did. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, thank you very much for uh, asking me to, to be there, especially on your uh, the second podcast of your new, uh, oh, uh, so hopefully, uh, long-running series of podcasts. Uh, it's super interesting. Uh, you're welcome. It's super interesting, and it's, it's great for, you say, like, I, you come into it, and what is great about it? You know, you're, you talk about whiskey a way that I don't, Yeah, and it's great because we... We're two different persons who like the same thing. And I remember to, I went to uh, 
a tasting at one point and the person never asked us what we taste, what we smell, because it's like it for is. me, it's so personal. And some people are don't have the same word. Some people, uh, you learn the word and you're able to express it. Me, I, I, my nose is a little more clogged. Uh, it's, I, I don't smell as much as before, but I still appreciate everything. And it's, that's the great thing about about it. It's the yeah, conversation course, you have with, with your friend and with your whiskey. <laughs> and it's, it's yeah so oh, thank you very wow. much for uh, inviting me and it's been an honor until and, uh, the next time of course until the next thanks time thanks so much and uh, we keep in touch and uh, hopefully we do this again soon What a pleasure it has been to share this privileged moment with Luc. I hope you all have enjoyed it as much as I did and that it stimulated your curiosity about whiskey to grow and to evolve. I really wish many, many people would be at ease to take a chance and start navigate the world of whiskey. I still have this desire to end every episode on an artsy note. This time... I will leave you with a whiskey and music pairing. I will go with one of the three choices that I mentioned at the end of my conversation with Luc, namely the Pike Creek 10 years old finished in rum barrels that I think would be at its best if drunk while listening to Canadian singer-songwriter Hawksley Workman's Anger as Beauty album. The spices present on the nose, cinnamon, cloves, white pepper... The classic spices that come from rye are intertwined with sugarcane, raisins, plum and candied orange and give this formidable yet unexpected impression of strength and delicacy at the same time. The music on the album is much the same as there are a lot of powerful guitars and heavy drum hits but accompanied with soft and catchy melodies. When taking a sip, the spices the same as on the nose, hit hard and bring our taste buds on a surprising journey where they are met at the same intensity with burnt caramel, a hint of star anise and give way to a buttery brioche kind of feeling into the finish. The balance of it all, in the end, leaves me in awe. The same thing happens with Hawksley's music on the album. At first, it gives the impression of being raw, The musical instruments all sound loud, big, with a sound that doesn't appear to have been treated, but again, it's so melodious in the end that it's almost gracious. And the lyrics, too, are very, very powerful and at the same time, very intimate, sensitive. Cheers! Thank you for having been on this part of the journey with Look and I. And if you liked what you heard, please come and listen again and consider subscribing to the podcast to stay updated about future episodes and to help other listeners find their way to us. Thank you.